my man. How you doing? Good, good, Dan. How are you? Good, good. Excited for another episode. We've uh, got a couple of couple of good ideas this week, I think. A couple of unique ideas, I would say. Very unique. Now, before we start, though, I just wanted to follow up from last week. So, we were talking about online graveyards and we were talking about almost this party planning for funeral service type setup. And I did come across a, a startup that's already doing this called Safewheel. It's, they call it a digital estate planning platform. They raised five and a half mil in their second round just last week. Wow. They were founded in 2019, so been around for about three or four years, and they've now got over 100,000 customers. It's very similar in terms of the service they offer, I think, but I think it's a validation that that idea is good because if there are others doing it and others raising money off it, you know, we know that there's the opportunity there. Absolutely. I think that's, that's really good market validation for that funeral planning idea. And you, anyone uh, listening, you can check that out in our episode from last week. Very good. Now, we've got two ideas this week. Do you want to kick off with yours? Uh, yeah, I can, I can kick off. So what I want to talk, to, talk about today is glow-in-the-dark plants. This is crazy. Okay. <laughs> so I don't, I, I've always had this idea. It's just been in the back of my mind. And I, I started doing some research on it. And I was like, okay, this is perfect, perfect for the pod. It's not something I'm going to be able to do. And it started off very sort of organic, you know, with a really basic use case. And then it started getting more advanced the more, the more I was looking into it. So really the, the problem that I'm talking about is, all, all the solution that I'm talking about is fluorescent plants or, or glow-in-the-dark plants. So <laughs> Go on, go on. So imagine being able to buy or grow plants of various varieties. You know, I'm not sure if it's a fern or like a cacti or whatever, but it, it's, or even a giant, a full on tree, but they, the leaves are fluorescent and they have varying brightness and, and colors. So it's sort of like, as if you had, you know, like glow sticks, you know, glow sticks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's as if they uh, were tipped out onto the leaves of the plants and the plants were just, just glowing. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, you know, sounds cool. Might be a good thing to sell in e-commerce. You know, it's a bit of a home decor thing. Right, but I started looking into it, and this actually solves a lot of problems. It, it is actually a, a real problem solver. So traditional lighting sources, uh, such as electronic bulbs, right, are pretty limited, and they rely on a, a source of electricity, right, which costs money. Yep. So the more I was looking into it, I was like, wow, this is a really big. This solves a massive problem of of, of electricity. Imagine if you could grow these plants, and then you'd never have to pay for electricity again because the plants would be naturally emitting enough light. Well, I think the opportunity is potentially those parts of the world where they might have to ration power. And, you know, depending on how bright these things are, whether they can power the interior of a house, the exterior, I mean, street lighting, I mean, <laughs> having mm. plants hanging down from street lights might seem a bit weird, but <laughs> it's, it, it's an interesting idea. I, I, I do wonder, are these, so are these real plants? Yeah, so they're real plants. They're real, okay. Yeah. So real, real plants okay. grown. They're not. They're not. You know. This is crazy. I, th- I think it, it is possible as well. Uh, it's quite quite feasible. I did some basic research. It, it can be done chemically, I think, but you know, with gene splicing and and other other scientific methods, I I don't fully understand. But there's definitely a market for it as well. So you know, the street tree planting in Australia was va- valued at 1.1 billion dollars in 2020, right? So imagine you know you're walking down the street and your council it might be something that councils buy or local government uh, or state government buy and then install on footpaths mm-hmm. and that's what I think instead of street lamps uh, interesting known fact about street lamps and lights as well is that they are the only purpose that they were put in other than to light were to use the excess electricity from the grid hmm. I so, did not know that yeah so so that was used to to just the off put on the, on, the, on the grid so I thought you know maybe let's just get rid of the grid completely and, and use plants <laughs> okay changing the world one plant at a time 
Exactly. And uh, yeah, obviously it would be a complete revolution if if this was invented. I think think about the world would literally change. Everywhere would have these and install them immediately. There would be crops. There's a whole farming agricultural industry in there. Uh, not not to talk about that. There were some other interesting use cases as well around medical medical use around the fluorescence. Is if you so they were talking about. I was reading about it online. There's there's some options around you know inputting a disease or or something like that within a plant, and then you can monitor it physically by having it light up in the fluorescent. So you can actually look at it. I thought you were going to get people to eat the plants and for some reason become fluorescent themselves. Yeah. Is that not? No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, their stomach's just glowing. Yeah. It's, but yeah. I'm, I'm interested in, in how you make this. It seems, it seems like an impossibility. Like, are, are, we, are we gene splicing slash breeding or <laughs> across mating a plant with a glow stick? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking. Yeah, my issue was sort of safety and regulation, right? You know, it would have to be you know, safe to have on. You know, you wouldn't want it to be made of yellow cake that goes into like nuclear power that makes things glow. Yeah, let- you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> it would have to be safe. So I guess the takeout is if you are a biologist or a chemical chemical biologist, chemical engineer, someone like that, or a botanist, that's, you know, maybe you've got a PhD or something. I feel like you would have to know a lot about gene editing along with chemicals as well. Maybe you're a, you're a biologist and a chemist. Then this is, this is your, this is, this could be your baby. This, this is a crazy idea. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. Fluorescent plants, lighting the streets and the houses. It's exactly the kind of stuff we want here. <laughs> well, like, I think I'm going to, um, I'm going to continue the craziness. So okay. I've got an idea around um, capturing carbon in this case, I think directly from cars. And every morning I drive down a hill and I see the haze of pollution over the city and it gets me every time. And I know there are things being done around climate change and I just want to do more. And I, I, it just reminds me literally every day I drive down this hill. And obviously transport represents about 20% of all emissions, carbon emissions in Australia. Wow. I think it's about around the same around the world. And about half of that comes from passenger vehicles. So you know, this is, it's a big kind of contributor in itself. So it's about 10% then overall of carbon emissions. And obviously there, you know, by 2030, there's a bunch of goals, 2035, by 2050, the idea is for Australia to be net zero. And I think that's, again, similar to around the world. So this idea of carbon capture, I think is, is starting to gain some traction. Now I'm talking about direct carbon capture from the exhaust or from, from the car so that you know, as you're driving along, it's now look, it's not filling a bag and you're going to have a balloon trail behind you. I think there's, there's other, um, other things we can do to prevent that part of it. But I've seen a few other things around direct carbon capture from the air. So literally getting it from thin air and, and pulling the CO2 out. You can also do it from the ocean. Obviously, the ocean absorbs a lot of that CO2. So what I'm talking about here really is, you know, thinking about a, a contraption or an aftermarket device that is in the car that will capture the, the, the CO2 that comes out. It needs to compress it um, because otherwise you are going to have a balloon uh, running behind you. Then the thought is, can we almost do like a rubbish, uh, a rubbish weekly pickup? And so people have their, let's say it's a box of carbon that's been in their car for the week. Every Wednesday, they put it out on the curb. Our electric truck comes, picks it up, takes it down to the factory. From there, we split the CO2 into oxygen. And I think it splits into carbon monoxide. They're the two. Oxygen goes back into the air. It's pretty straightforward. That carbon monoxide then gets further processed down to pure carbon. And then the kicker is how do we then turn that carbon into diamonds? <laughs> I know. I know what you're thinking. Crazy. It, it might be diamonds. It could be something else. But I think diamonds is a good case because we know that that's where they come from. 
And obviously, they've got high resale value. And th- these lab-grown diamonds, that's kind of how they're made. So look, crazy idea. I think this I think this idea is probably not ready now. I think if you're doing it now, you know, it's probably going to cost a lot of money. It's probably a lot of R&D. But I do think whether it's direct capture from the car, from the air, from the ocean, I think this is definitely part of the solution. So we obviously need to lower our emissions. And so we're doing that through, you know, transitioning to electric vehicle, to renewable energy. So we are lowering it, but there's already a lot of carbon in the atmosphere. And so I think as well as lowering and preventing what we do in the future, we also need to extract and reduce what's already there. So just, just to get a full understanding of this, so you're going you're gonna to capture the carbon coming out of cars to prevent it going to the atmosphere. It's going to add to your 2050, you know, your net, net zero 2050 goals. And you're going to take the diamonds and you're going to monetize this. You're going to take the carbon by monetizing this through selling the diamonds that you create with the carbon. Yes. <laughs> okay. I see. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned about how you're going to capture the carbon and the safety of that. I guess it's sort of there's carbon everywhere. We're breathing it in every every day. Yeah. But. Well, the, the CO two in itself. You're right. We we breathe it in already. You know, it it would be a an enclosed box, for example, that sits in the boot. Again, for example, um, and it compresses that carbon down. So obviously there are safety concerns. There's probably regulatory and and you know legislation type issues that would need to be um need to be addressed. Um. And then obviously then there's that, you know, the, the transport of the carbon. You know, there's, again, the safety issues around that and the processes itself. To, to split the CO2 into their individual um, elements, it, it's a lot of energy. I think you need to heat it up to about 1500 degrees. So there's a lot of energy that goes into that. And you know, obviously you, we do this all through renewable energy. Sure. Then once you've got the carbon, compressing it into a diamond, again, is a similar amount of energy. So 1500 degrees-ish. Wow, that's that's quite impressive. And I feel like the, the diamonds that you're going to create with that are going to be more clean anyway. You know how naturally occurring diamonds aren't as clear when you look through them. Yeah, I feel like this is sort of that. That I've seen a little bit of this around uh, fake diamonds that they're creating. You know, increasing in value because they're better looking, so to, so to speak, than you know homegrown diamonds. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, so the lab-grown diamonds, um, I think, is what they're called. And yeah, you, as far as I'm aware, you, you can't really tell the difference. Mm. I think um, you might be able to also take a step back in this business and rather than selling the diamonds, you might be able to just be the guy that sells the box for the capturing. So, you know, who, who made all the money in the gold mines? Everyone says this story. Who made all the money in the gold mines? Was it the gold miners or was it the guy selling the, the, the picks, you know? when they were yeah, going to the market. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, so you could take a step back and just be the be the guy that makes the tools, but I mean, it's up to you. No, I think it's a good idea. I, I think, like I said, the viability for this model, you know, the, first researching the technology, and I, I believe that te- the technology exists to compress carbon, and I believe the technology exists to capture it directly um, from the exhaust. So I think that kind of stuff does exist, but there would be an investment in that R&D. Then I think, you know, setting up the logistics and a factory, you know, an electric truck at this stage is, is still quite expensive. Obviously, all the marketing and, and getting these aftermarket products installed and, and the willingness of, of drivers to install them. And, and I was thinking about that. Why would somebody install it? And maybe we can incentivize them by giving them a share in the diamonds that are produced. So it could be that you know, it, basically the amount of CO2 that you input that's converted to, you know, a percentage of diamond sales. Yeah, you could do a fractional ownership model, definitely. It's almost like a diamond mine. It's a distributed diamond mine. <laughs> it is. It's it's weird. Like we're we're literally creating diamonds out of thin air to an extent, which I think when you when you when you talk about it like that, it's a very interesting model. That is very interesting. I've seen uh, there. Have you seen these? This is slightly off topic, but have you seen those? There's now these machines coming out that you can get for your home that do the same thing, but water. 
and that they just they just generate water out of thin air, and you just put one in your lounge room or whatever. No, that's that. I have actually seen. Um, it was a what was it? It was a billboard, an advertising billboard somewhere. I reckon it was Peru, somewhere like that. And it was doing that. It was pulling the moisture out of the air, and it was filling up drink bottles that the public could then just come up to and, f- and fill their own drink bottles from. So filling these large tanks because apparently it's very high humidity, um, but not a lot of you know running water. And so this was a great solution. Absolutely. That is, it just seems like a that, like public service announcement to every country government official, you know what I mean, landowner. Like this seems like something that needs to be a much much more implemented rather than it going through all the pipes, you know, through your, your yeah. Solution. So may you know this is this is a good idea. Maybe as part of a smart as re, part of a renewable home, you know, you've got these water. What would you call them? Water extractors mm. and carbon extractors, and that that's part of your part of your home. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Love it. I would use that. And I'm just thinking about the practical case of these diamonds. I mean, can't diamonds be used for other things other than just, you know, looking, you know, aesthetically pleasing or whatever? They can be used for, isn't there like diamond drills and other sort of things that you can make diamonds? I mean, there, there is. And there's also other things that you can make out of carbon. You know, carbon is the, right. the base input to a lot of different things like fuels and other things like that. So it doesn't have to be diamonds. I mean, diamonds is quite an energy intensive process, but if you can get that CO2, capture the CO2, I love this in, this, in, the, in a home, that this is amazing. Capture it that way and then convert it. Maybe you just sell the carbon. Maybe there's some kind of, you know, that carbon credit type thing. Personal carbon credits. Yeah. Wow. I love this. <laughs> that's uh, sort of blown my mind a little bit. Uh, I think that's, that's a good, good time to ask you. So who is the, the, the best person to do this? It's a good, I'm not sure. I, I think similar to yours, you, you probably need someone who understands that chemical back end. I think that, that's probably the key to how you do this. I think after the technology to then build it, you know, again, you're probably talking an engineer type person. It's, this is probably a less tech based one. I don't think you need that much. It's probably more, yeah, the, the chemical back end and the actual product, whatever this, this carbon extractor looks like. And then if there is conversion to you know, carbon and to other diamonds and things like that, you, know, you just need that know-how, I think. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I think we've had some tough ones that definitely we can't execute. So. Two, two crazy ideas, kind of along similar lines. Yeah, Sign, more scientific, is that what you mean? Or is it- both scientific. They're both, it's somewhat climate-related. Well, they're both, well, carbon capture is climate-related. Yeah. Fluorescent plants does basically reduce energy consumption. So I think similar products. Could you, uh, could you combine them somehow? Who knows? Yeah, well, th- well, you're going to have fluorescent pl- plants in your, in your smart, efficient home, right? There you go. It's the lighting. All right, that's that's the recording. That's done. See you, see you later.